Hello and welcome to a very special new feature to Animation Fishing Autos, Cartoon Commentaries. This is going to be a new little mini-series we're going to do, uh, sparsed, peppered in with our regular episodes, where me and, of course, my co-host at TV's Mr. Neil, will go over some cartoon episodes, cartoon movies, etc. If it's an episode 22 minutes long, me and Neil would probably do it solo, solo or duo or whatever it's called. And uh, if it is an, an actual movie, we're gonna do we're gonna do it with actual guests and the whole shebang. So tonight we're gonna do uh, Thundercats uh, 2011 episode seven. Yeah, uh, this is gonna be a very special one because the one thing that Neil said that the original that the new Thundercats series is missing is the spaciness, the the space opera. Yeah, the space opera portion of what all those awesome 80s cartoons had. And this is a very special, uh, this is a very special episode because episode 7 is the space opera. (laughs) And then you never get it again. Well, you never know. Series is still going on. I think I can put money down on it, Neil. Okay. Let's get this candle lit. we ready for our count? Yeah. All right, everybody, uh, you can find this episode anywhere. Um, you know, of course, you have to find it, you know, you know, legitimately. I, nobody at Animation Fish and Oz ever condones, uh, you know, getting episodes illegally or watching them illegally. Uh, I'm, sure can, <coughs> I'm sure you can stream it. I have it on, uh, I have it on On Demand, so... You can watch it nice and legal. The commercials might screw you up, but uh, it won't be too hard to sync it back up again. Yep. So, away we go. Five, four, three, two, one. Thundercats, ho! Is that actually what the real opening is? Just just showing the the uh, the Aya Thunder and then. Yeah, I think that's what all it is. That's bullshit. You know what? Panther should have been really pissed off that you know, you know, what's the name? Tigra. Mm-hmm. Just pointed the gun at his direction. You know, you're not supposed to do that. He broke the book of Albans. Oh, <laughs> fail. So that gem on there, obviously it's designed to look like another Aya Thundera, but as we can see in the episode, that ain't so. So, just a question for th- these listeners: uh, Where the fuck did the gem on the book come from? And it steals your soul. Yeah, go go get some base Darf. <laughs> it's like you got sucked in into the moon tracks. The book is neither magic nor 
Uh, no, he was kind of dead. Yeah. Notice how you can see through him. <laughs> to me, I like the old school Jaga Bear because he just looked a lot more badass with the cape. This one, he this one, he just looks like a feeble old man. So beyond the skies of Thundera, I thought they were on Third Earth. Thundera was just a city state. Uh, I don't know. You know what? The funny thing is, this whole episode reminds me of one thing. Mm. The video game series Assassin's Creed, <laughs> where you play, where you think you're playing this uh, this uh, assassin in the uh, Renaissance, but no, you're playing this bartender in 2012 named Desmond, who sits in a magic chair that lets him live the memories of his ancestor in the in the Renaissance. Mm. Tell me I'm wrong. Uh, I served Mumra? That's Mumra. You will do well not to forget it. Once I had the war stone in my grasp, I will amplify the power of the Sword of Plunder. The Sword of Plunder. That was in the old series, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Well, what is that, with that claw on, he looks like one of the, uh, like one of the tyrants from Resident Evil. Stars. <laughs> so this is almost like Quantum Leap, where he. Uh, uh, I think I, I think really it's it's like I think really it's like Assassin's Creed because he has to have his sync ratio <laughs> high enough, or else he'll fail the mission. Those are eight men, elephant men, dog men. What took you so long? Sorry. What did I miss? <laughs> and it's Cree Summers that doesn't suck. Cree Summer, pardon me. <laughs> the first time Neil and I watched this episode, we weren't sure, and look, the tiger sharks. Oh God! And the vultures will search from the air. I assume Tigus and his men will be ready to move in once the there are the vulture men. You could assume that. Yeah, I think the dog people are supposed to be the jackal men. Ah. The funny thing is, when Neil and I first watched this episode, we didn't know it was Cree Summer because she wasn't being sassy. She wasn't being number five. For once. And uh, another thing is, this design that they came for this uh, female, who's uh, obviously a female panthero, well, an amalgam of uh, panthero and chitara, is a lot harder than chitara. And as Neil puts it, it's because she looks like she's done a couple of arm curls. 
anything from Sandwich. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Well, animated action. You know what I hate in these cartoons is the fake cursing. <laughs> you like blast it. Well, blast it I can understand, but whiskers. Oh. Yeah, that's kind of. Well. See, I'd gotten I'd gotten used to like the Megatron face uh, fake cursing. It doesn't really bother me as much as it bothers other people. Well, it's not the fake cursing as much as they try to make it sound like it fits in with their. It, it's almost a, trying to ethnicize it. Because, oh, they're cats. Whiskers. You so much as twitch. It'll be the last move you make. You're right, it's the Jackalman, because that's obviously a jackal head. And when he does, there won't be a force in the galaxy strong enough to free us from his dominion. So the question See, I kind of figured the other mutants would slowly find their way in here somewhere. Hmm. So, so the thing is this. It, it, so they have the tiger sharks. They have. So this is basically the uh, planet of the... Uh, of all the other uh, 80s cartoons, huh? Yeah. It's, uh... <laughs> I'm sure the Silverhawks are, are in here somewhere. Well, they said that they saw, uh... What's it called, uh... What's the name of the Silverhawks villain? The what? The villain from Silverhawks. What's the name of the villain? Oh. I heard that he was in this episode, so... That means... Okay. Oh, see, seeing those tanks makes me ask one question. Those look so fake. Yeah, which is really sad because other episodes they actually had pretty good CG. Yeah. That's really the worst CG we've seen in the, in the whole show thus far. It's been yeah. pretty good for the most part. Right there. Yeah. Oh, wow. What? Yeah, I, I didn't realize that before. Yeah, that was, uh, what's his name from, from Silverhawks? Pretty sneaky. It was right there. They procured the war stone. Bring it to me. Yes, my lord. So 
Number one, when you forge a blade, you don't put the pommel on when you're still trying to form the blade. Yeah. The pommel comes on last. You, you, what you do is you have a billet. A billet is basically a bar. You hammer it into a long shape, and then you forge the blade, and then you put the pommel on, then the hilt. You don't make it all one piece. You want to know why? I have a pretty good idea why. It won't be balanced. Yeah. So the big thing here is apparently what, what gets me is Mumra has a claw shield as well. Yeah. Did he in the old cartoon? I don't think so. I, no, he didn't. I don't really like like them doing that. I, we don't really need the origin of the sword. So to me, I like the idea that the claw shield was this unique other piece of equipment. Mm-hmm. And the thing is this, I liked it better when the Aya Thundera was like this thing unique to the cat. No, it's something they grabbed from something else. See, back in the 80s, we, there was mystery in these cartoons. You never really knew where they, they never, They never, George Lucas, then explained many chlorians. Yeah. Leo's midichlorian cloud is getting higher. You know, I'm sure she can help uh, Lionel with his uh, sword. Yeah, I think so. As if the Sword of Omens wasn't phallic enough. <laughs> <laughs> that was from the previous episode. <laughs> and now they're pulling their they're extending swords out. I'm gonna touch swords. I hate it when my swords get twisted. So, yeah, the big thing is they were a spacefaring race that stole mystical stones from other planets. Planets. And it turns into a fucking, fucking double-bladed staff. Yeah, I'm waiting for that. You know th that uh, Mumra's grip did not change at all. He basically just held in the same spot, and Leo just struck in the same spot three, three times in a row. I note that there's like a look of circuitry on the stone now. Is that supposed to make some sort of implication or not? I don't know. It's morphin' time! Oh, God. You know, what I was kind of saying on the other episode about this is that we haven't really seen the 
the classic Japanese-style animation in a really long time. And this is not quite there, but it's it's getting close. And that's why I kind of like the direction this cartoon has taken. Uh, Even if it's... That's way too. That's way too much in excess. That that that's way too fucking far. That looks worse than a than a Todd McFarlane design. Oh yeah, yeah. You're talking about what, what Spawn. Spawn. Yeah. I mean that that look that looks like Spawn on cancer. Yeah. Okay, I get it. He likes skulls. Why'd you put five of them on his body? Now where's the part where he explodes in the core and then... Wait, this is in Star Wars. No. No. (laughs) So, let me get this straight. Uh, You know, all these animal people were the slaves to the cats. Yeah. And now, you know, just because he's letting them go once to start a riot, that means that they're... well, you know, I can see why why Third Earth is so fucked up once they once they crashed on there. I realize the cats haven't earned it, but I'm asking for your trust. Trust in me and in a future where we are not enemies, but brothers. Today, let's put aside. Yeah, we saw how that brothers things was when they were, you know, lynching the lizard people. Why didn't he just, like, grip the, uh, claw shield off his hand? He grabbed it by the claw shield. He's like, hey, what's... I have it in my hand. Why not just grip it off? And it's morphing time. I thought it was going to be like. I thought he was like adding materia to his. <laughs> oh god, no. <laughs> what? See, I was just praising this like five minutes ago because, you know, you have all this like 80s style electricity dancing going on and how awesome that is. Now it's like. What 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 just happened? They had, like, to, sell, they had to make a new toy, Neil. Oh. And you know what? These suits not only, you know, are fully compressible, but they have their own oxygen supply. Yeah. Well. I've seen more. Bad CG. Bad CG. (laughs) I mean, you were animating the rest of it with realness, and then all of a sudden you decide, you know what? This gives a little shittiness right now. (laughs) 
Billy Batson. You created a time paradox! You notice that one has like a gyroscope around it? Yeah. Were they just trying to make something look cool or does that actually have an implication somewhere? I don't know. <laughs> and then he went all flaccid on them. That is never not funny for some reason. <laughs> I get it, it's the Infinity Gauntlet. <laughs> it is. It really is. In that way, don't use giant uh, mystical electrical attacks on the, on the exterior of the spacecraft that your entire civilization is flying in. Did he just pull the Dr. Evil escape? Yes. <laughs> but no big boy here. Yeah, it looked good the first time, but they looped it six times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wasn't that the line from... Uh, no, that was... that was. I think he's attempting re-entry. Yeah, I just realized she's taller than he is. Yes. Like I said, she's like a female panther combined with uh, Chitara. Wrong with that. I believe he's attempting re-entry, sir. He just had one more thing to finish. Couldn't you have interrupted that like five minutes later? <laughs> three! I could have done it in three minutes! See, the one thing you were praising was how technology was a thing that was shunned, right? I was praising it because it was... Uh, different, but the one thing is, I hate the thing is, it's neither magic nor technology, it's both. Oh, yeah. Well, what I was hope what the direction I was hoping it was going was that it would, it would show that technology was superior. Because usually it's like, it's like, 
a techno technological civilization, and then magic comes along, and ma magic's the superior thing, and I'm so sick of that. Yeah, the thing is, you know, when it's it's both. Yeah. No, not it's not both. It's it's one or the other. It's not like you can combine the two and like breeding kokobos. Uh, the episode's over, by the way, and uh, and uh, that's the one where Lionel decides, okay, I have to unite all the people, even though we sort of totally made the lizard and our bitches, and then they made them. They made us their bitches, and that's not going to work anymore. But yeah, the thing that the thing that that interests me is the fact that uh, the implication is there are no indigenous species on Third Earth. All the species we've seen from now are all the ones that we've seen on the ship. I mean, but then again, I'm one of these guys that overthink too much. You know, I watched Transformers movie and said, you know what, the implications here is biological life is in the minority, while transforming robot life is in the majority in the universe. And, you know, even Flint Dilly says I thought too much about that. <laughs> but, you know, honestly, it's, you know, in a, in a pure environmentalism uh, standpoint, this is this is like a terrible series. You know, you have these you have these people... Crash on a planet and totally disrupt the uh, the natural evolutionary process of this planet. Just you know, but then again, you know what? I'm gonna say it. Hmm. The cat people didn't have it too good because they had just one city state, right? Yeah, they sh they should have been much more spread out than that. They had just one city state, and once that was gone, we haven't seen them met me another cat person since then. Yeah, yeah, that's that's not good. They were they were. Pretty much doomed anyway. <laughs> well, they they only have two females, and only ones of a breeding age. Well, I, I meant before that. I mean, like even when you're down to like a thousand uh, members in a species, you know, you're, you're in trouble. Yeah, it's uh, the maximum number you, for for a for a stable gene base is 64 of very different bloodlines. Mm -hmm. It's not just 64 people. It has to be 64 from like all over the world. And even then, it's kind of touchy. I mean, a geneticist could explain this better than me, but I remember hearing the minimum number is 64. But no, this is no. They're kind of fucked right now. Yeah, they were kind of fucked in the original series too. Well, Wiley Cat and Wiley Kit were going to be real lonely in about 50, 60 years. <laughs> I'm just saying that you know the whole idea is you know we talked about the the you know the the. You know, the city of Thundera was a great empire, but it was just one city. <laughs> yeah, putting all your eggs in one basket there, weren't you? You know, just why why didn't they have like a whole nation, a whole a whole continent or something? They really show. Yeah, the whole yeah, this is this is just uh this bugs me. It really does. I mean, you know, when they when the problem is when you try to explain something and they do try to explain something here. When you try to say, we're being logical here, you can't do it half-assed. You have to do it all the way. Because what you're trying to say that you're trying to be like a level above in intellect, you don't just stop and say, okay, don't ask. Yeah, because now it brings everything else into question. Yeah. <laughs> and well, the one thing that always bothered me is you have, you know, Panthro. We saw in the flashback episode that he was betrayed by the Clancy Brown cat, whose name I forget. Yeah, I don't remember. And the thing is this, he was one of these, one of these, you know, magic exists, technology doesn't exist guys, and when he comes back in the Miyazaki episode at the very end, he's driving the, the, the thunder tank or whatever it's called, I forgot the name of it, 
It was probably the Thunder Tank. And here's the question. Did he commandeer this tank? Because it looked a little similar to the Lizard Tanks, but different. Or did he build it? Because apparently he's able to be a mechanic with it. So how in, like, a space of only a couple months did he go from being this, you know, gruff, uh, technology-doesn't-exist guy to an engineer and tech expert? (laughs) I don't know. Did he build the tank? Did he commandeer it? I mean, did he, like, force a lizard man to give him, like, like, a community college courses on how to repair tanks? I'm asking. I want an answer, Neil. I don't know. Maybe he uh, maybe he mind melded with Perceptor or something. <laughs> oh God! Kind of the same way how Sparkplug went from being an oil rig uh, worker to being able to repair the Transformers <laughs> whenever it fit the story. <laughs> well, Ratchet was there to help. Yeah, Ratchet was there to help, and uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I remember the one when where uh, where Spike. We're talking about Transformers now. I remember the one where Spike got a brain got brain got brain damage or concussion. They, they for them to do brain surgery, they had to move his consciousness into a uh, patchwork spare parts Autobot. Yeah. You know, even when I was a kid, I didn't understand the logic of that. I'm like, okay, his brain. The doctor's like, if only his consciousness wasn't there, we could be to- we could totally do it, and we won't worry to worry about fucking up. Yeah. And we won't even have to shave his head. <laughs> Did that, did that patchwork Autobot get a toy, Neil? No, it did not. <laughs> it should have. But there, God, Hasbro back then was just not making toys any of the other. I love how you say it should have. It was like the most ugly-looking thing ever. Yeah, but people would have bought it. There was never a Spike toy. Well, I, I, there was, but it was like part of Fortress Maximus. and, and it, wasn't, it wasn't the toy that like you, you'd actually want, which was like the kid with the hard hat on. It was just this little one solid piece thing, wasn't it? That uh, that went with a, like a, a promotional bumblebee, didn't it? No, it was. I, I, but you know what I'm talking about, right? Uh, no. The head, the headmaster one was. Uh, it was uh, one of the little headmaster figures. That they just said it was Spike in a in a uh, exosuit, and you fold the legs in, and it becomes the head of Cerebros, and then Cerebros becomes the head of Fortress Maximus. It was kind of dumb. So those old Transformers toys really knew how to give head. Yeah. But that was that was the uh, episode seven of Thundercats 2011. You know what? I'll be honest. The series really isn't that bad. Yeah. We're, we're, we make jokes, but you know what? They're just jokes. Yeah. And really, it's but really, I do think the line armor looked like shit. Yeah, that wasn't so good. They they need to never do that again. They are good. They they're gonna do that again, Neil. You know they are. You know they are. And yeah, I I love how in the previous episode, you know, uh, Mumra had the Mumra tank. Oh god, you remember that, right? Yeah, it was like Dragula. <laughs> Dragula. <laughs> but this was the first of many commentaries. Uh, Look forward to more. What's the next commentary we have on the line? Uh, well, we've had we've had Transformers the movie on uh, on hold for quite a while. I've been wanting to do this for years, actually. <laughs> we, we, may, we may do some more TV episodes. Like we might uh, we might do one of Tyler and maybe uh, one of Matt Cross or something. 
Yeah, but yeah, we're definitely going to do uh, Transformers, uh, the movie. Who's our special guest for that one, Neil? Uh, ben Hack. I just got to get him, get him booked, and uh, we'll do it. And we also have Ultimate Avengers planned with uh, JT from Saskatoon. The only reason why I want to do it is so I want to hear, I want to, I want to do the retard rage scene and just see what happens, okay? So we can watch Hank Pym go, smash building! Yes. Looking for his wife. Are you in there? Smash, smash, smash. Yes. I guess not! Smash, smash, smash! Oh god, that was a stupid scene. But we also have a, a very special one with Harry Partridge coming up. Oh, when I say special, I mean short bus special. Yeah. The American Rabbit. <laughs> it was done by Toei, though, Neil. Yeah, a lot of things are done by Toei. There's a movie department, no less. This this saw actual movie theater screens, Neil. Yeah, what the hell was going on in '86 that all these companies? Well, it was it was Sunbow and whoever made uh, uh, this stupid movie. But yes, Toei had a lot of movies and released in the summer of 86 in America. But, yeah, The Adventures of the American Rabbit has a special place in our hearts for one reason. Do they? <laughs> oh, God. But, yeah, Harry Potter will be joining us for that very, very special uh, commentary, short bus special commentary, because I've only seen about, collectively, 20 minutes of it, and it's pretty fucking bad. It's... Uh, tell you what, I'll make a deal with you listeners. If me, Neil, and Harry can sit through the whole thing while making commentaries without one of us saying, okay, we need to stop this. If we can do that, we will find Filmation Ghostbusters next and do one episode for that. Oh, God. We have to find something that we will actually say, hell no. But uh, that's our commentary episode for tonight, and I hope you all enjoy it. So this is your host, Ben. And TV's Mr. Neil. Saying goodnight. Bye. The Webcast Beacon Network has been covering and promoting creativity and the creative process since 2007, starting with the Webcomic Beacon, a topical webcomics podcast with a jovial bunch of misfits like your local morning radio show. Also, the Webcomic Beacon Newscast recaps, reviews, and discussions of community and industry news relative to comic creators, especially of digital distribution. Also, the Tropecast, the ever-tangential discussion of literary and visual memes. And finally, Web Fiction World. Before webcomics, there was independent and self-published web-release written fiction and literature. Find this all at webcastbeacon.com. Be sure to grab a master RSS feed or master iTunes feed and not miss a thing.